you doing? I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Oh my gosh, I have a big, big, big show for you today since we're bumped for the Gophers next week. I'm okay with that. It's going to be spectacular right here. (laughs) Oh, clever, clever. (laughs) How many of those cliches have you heard over the last couple of weeks? So many. And yes, Stan, yes, today we are going to try to get into... What is an acceptable or unacceptable Halloween costume? Uh, how do you, um, you have all these people out there who are trying to crush our creative spirits. Well, I thought I came up with a pretty creative costume actually this year for. Really? Are you dressing up or no? Dang right. Have you decided what you're going to be? Or? I'm going to be a witch. Well, <laughs> no Does comment that on that. No, you? that uh, fits said you pretty witch. well. I said witch, Stan. Witch. A, wit- a sandwich or just <laughs> no, a witch? Okay. A witch with a W. <laughs> okay, I got you. No, but I was actually going to do a two for one because it's Halloween. And then, as you know, I'm kind of the outdoorsy guy here right? at K Talk. So um, I'm going to do a two for one. I'm going to dress as Governor Dayton and uh, go as a deer in the headlights. Cute. You like that one? Cute. Yeah, you are going to the the governor's opener, aren't you? We are. Next uh, Thursday we'll be there, and Friday we'll do interviews, and that'll be all on our Facebook and Twin Cities News Talk, too. Excellent. And then next week, because my show is most of it's bumped for gophers, uh, you'll you'll fill in for the first half hour, and you'll update people Yeah, on. you're going to give me some stories to right? update like you got today. You got a lot of local stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. The I white do. privilege thing is back on the table, it seems like, so should be fun. Mm, yeah, it's back on the table, all right. Like I said, oh, oh, Stan, we got to tell them about this iHeartRadio thing. This is such yeah. a big deal. I people, love that app. I do, too. I use it all the time. I don't even listen to the radio on the radio anymore unless obviously I'm in a car but I mean when I'm at home I just pull it up on my phone and they have this free all access weekend so you can download this the app weekend. yeah you can download the app for free anytime so you can get Sue Jeffers you can subscribe to her show you get an update whenever she posts a new podcast but this week it's the all access so you get bonus features so you can basically make a playlist so let's say you want to make a playlist for your Halloween party of spooky songs so you can do that and then you save it and you can play any track at any time. You can make playlists, um, all the different it's, genres. You can listen to any radio station, basically, in the world. I know. It's the coolest thing because, like, a lot of people use Pandora or whatever. Yep. And this is just a thousand times better. And what's cool about it is not only, like, those other stations or whatever you were talking about, this <laughs> iHeartRadio app, not only you get all the music and the songs you like, but you get your favorite shows, too, and it's all in the same. So you don't need... App number one for the for whatever. podcast. Right, right, you don't need right. app number two for the Sue Jeffers show. You don't need app three for the music. It's all on one app. So go to uh, iHeart.com uh, and you can download that free app. And then you get the free all access, which is the super cool version of it. Super cool yeah. version. And then you can try it out. Yeah. And besides, I especially love the iHeart because Stan and I have our own radio stations on yeah. it. I mean, I feel pretty special about that, don't you? Yeah, and they can't take your channel away because it has your name embedded in it. So I you'll have know. that forever. <laughs> forever and ever. I love it, love it. Okay, like I told you guys, we have a big, big, big show today because we're bumped next week for the Gophers. Go Gophers, we're okay with that. Um, and, and there's just so much stuff to talk about. I had, I had trouble during our, during our pre-show meeting, I had trouble narrowing it down, telling Stan, everything that I was going to talk about today. And so I had to kind of lump things into kind of some unusual group groupings. And 
One of the things that I wanted to talk about, is there anything, is there anything out there nowadays that people don't want government to do? Government has to do something. Government has to, has to be everything. Government has to control everything. And so I have some of the, some of the greatest stories out there. One of them, uh, is, is, has to do with the AFL CIO workers bill of rights. Oh my gosh. Wait till you hear what is in it. Another one is the Department of Health and Human Services requiring fingerprinting of children. If you are a, uh, a child care worker, if you own a, a licensed child care business in the state of Minnesota, your children have to be photographed and fingerprinted. This is so ridiculous. We've talked before about legislation that works its way through the through the process. And this, in, well, this um, every year, the departments come up with their own department bill. This was one of the things the Health and Human Services departments wanted tucked into their bill. In 2014, under the Democrat watch, it did not make it through. Yet somehow, with Rep- Republicans in control of the House and in control of the Minnesota Senate, all of a sudden it makes its way in there. It's the most ridiculous thing. There is no surprise that people... Uh, licensed daycare work owners are quitting by the thousands, yes, thousands, because of rules and regulations like this. It is just absolutely out of control. Plus, I have an incredible story, good news story, out of the Osseo School District uh, and white having to do with white privilege. And I have another story about the University of Minnesota, and this is their editorial board. You know, Star Tribune editorial is going to have a run for their money from the daily, Minnesota daily editorial board, because I don't know which one's stupider at this point in time, time requesting that uh, vaccinations, flu vaccinations in particular, be mandated by the government. It's so ridiculous. I just can't hardly stand it. Uh, and then we're going to talk white privilege. We're going to talk about white privilege. We're going to talk about white supremacists. We're going to talk about racism. We're going to talk about race. Uh, the left loves to throw these these words around. They love to stamp the label of racist onto so many of us. And it is it's it's really gotten out of control. And folks, I'm telling you, we have got to be able to have a coherent, rational, calm discussion about race. And and that's never going to happen if you're going to continue to have the left shouting people down, slapping labels onto everyone. It's it's truly, truly out of control. And of course, 99 days from today, the Super Bowl will be right here in Minneapolis. And you guys know I'm a big football fan. I love football. I get I get mad at the NFL. I don't want to build their stupid stadiums. I I. You know, I get frustrated with the whole take a knee thing. They ban dances in the end zone, but they don't have the backbone to tell their players not to kneel during the national anthem. We talk, we've talk; we talked about all of this stuff for years and years and years and years. But now, apparently because Justin Timberlake is singing at the halftime show for Super Bowl, that is a, an example of not only white privilege, <laughs> Here but we go. male white privilege. Can we just enjoy privilege. it? Just one day of the year, just not have something apparently 
apparently blow not. up on social media. Yeah, apparently not, Stan. Yeah. Apparently not. It is just absolutely never going to end. And the reason this stuff happens sometimes, and you're going to be talking about the crazy cities, is the local elections, and that's even closer. That's, what, 10, 15 days away? Less than that. 10, oh my, 10 days, days away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming up on November 7th. I mean, it is just uh, just around the corner. Uh, when we come back, I want to tell everybody about a couple court cases because I won't be here next week. So I'm, I I want you to pay attention, watch my Facebook page, watch Twitter, uh, because a couple of these, especially the one that I'm involved in, that's waiting to hopefully be heard at the United States Supreme Court. Uh, I'll give you an update on that and three other lawsuits that are coming up uh, that I want you to pay attention to. They'll have important ramifications for all of us. And then, oh my gosh, you are not going to want to miss this because Stan mentioned it. Local, local, local. Or like my friend Sue Erickson says, loco, loco, loco. Um, These local elections, they're just around the corner. They'll drive you batty. Cute, Stan. Cute. Okay, so these local elections, and you've all seen how crazy Minneapolis and St. Paul, both mayor and city council races, have gotten. Um, There are a bunch of school levies coming up, and the craziness has really hit the fan in New Brighton. So I got updates on all kinds of stuff. Stay tuned today. It's so much coming. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. everyone. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I told you last week a little bit more about it, but um, our court case that we have, and this is a court case that has been going on since 2010. It's called Minnesota Voters Alliance versus Mansky. So that's Joe Mansky. He's the guy who's in charge of Ramsey County elections. This is a fabulous case. It has to do with um, political apparel that can and cannot be worn at the polling place and what we're saying is minnesota's definition of the of the first amendment is overbroad so they came out in 2010 and they trained people differently they trained some precincts uh one way and other precincts another way so in some precincts you could walk in wearing a union shirt or a paul wellstone shirt or a viking stadium shirt if there was a viking stadium referendum in other places you you couldn't wear a tea party shirt and that's ultimately what put the whole thing uh, in front of the courts. And remember, we lost in the, in, we've lost every single level from, from right here in Minnesota to the Eighth Circuit. And now we're up in front of the U.S. Supreme Court saying, wait a minute, they made a mistake. Uh, you, you can't come in and say those kinds of things. So the exciting thing about this is like, seriously, 99% of the cases that go in front of the U.S. Supreme Court are, are booted back down to another court or thrown out or they're not going to hear it. We are, we've been relisted twice. So they'll either accept it, deny it, relist it, um, something. And we're waiting on Monday and it's so exciting. Um, I still have my fingers crossed hoping that we'll be able to go in front of the Supreme Court. I think it'd be just absolutely amazing. We had more huge news out of, uh, um, uh, about, well, it, 
it was a lawsuit, but it, it, essentially this ruling came out of the Justice Department, and they admitted that Obama's IRS uh, made a huge mistake. They agreed to pay a $3.5 million settlement to Tea Party groups. And this is so huge, and I don't think people understand. that, that People should be screaming this from the mountaintops. Every news station, uh, cable or otherwise, every social media site, every place should be out there saying what a huge win this is for people because this is not how government is supposed to supposed to work you're not supposed to have a weaponized government you're not supposed to have bureaucrats or your government working against you because of your political beliefs and it makes me so angry when and and so frustrated to see that obama's department of justice and obama's irs got away with this kind of stuff and to finally be able to say Hey, Barack Obama's IRS actually targeted Tea Party groups. Uh, It's kind of a vindication for some of us who were screaming about this forever. Do you know ABC, CBS, and NBC didn't even cover it? And this is just an absolutely huge, huge, huge win. Lois Lerner belongs in prison. And what makes me so mad about this story is, okay, so the IRS finally admitted that they targeted these groups. They're having to pay out this huge $3.5 million settlement to all these different organizations why didn't heads roll why did why didn't why are people still working for the irs or the department of justice or any of these other bureaucracies that are in our government system and and they just get away scot-free they just keep get to keep doing their job in spite of using government uh, against us just because of our political beliefs makes me mad 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 We also had uh, Minnesota lawmakers went back to the district court. They want the court to enforce its ruling that said uh, Mark Dayton's line item veto of the legislators operating budget was wrong. And I'm glad to see the the Republicans doing something about this. And by the way, this should be a question that should be asked of every gubernatorial gubernatorial candidate on the right side of the aisle or on the left or on the left side of the aisle everybody should be asked that because this is this is totally totally wrong and it's nice to see them doing something although i have to say the one bonus about having Mark Dayton line item veto the $130 million is they stopped the bonding tour. And I just get so irritated. They travel all around the state. They visit all these different entities, cities, counties, colleges, uh, you name it. They visited and, and every one of these bureaucracies or bureaucrats have their hand out. They're looking for state money. And then they come to us and they say, Oh my gosh, there's such a need in Minnesota. We have billions of dollars being requested. Well, yeah. Yeah, they all have a giant wish list. They want someone else to pay for it. And that's how our budget, part of the reason how our budget has spiraled so out of control. The other lawsuit that I want to tell you about, too, was uh, a federal judge denied a request to immediately force the Trump administration to continue to make Obamacare insurance subsidies. We talked about this with Twyla, I forget if it was two or three weeks ago. Uh, and this is a big thing because the the 
under the Obama administration, Obama just kept handing out all these subsidies. Well, that isn't how it works. And we're finally seeing judges on both sides of the aisle coming out and saying, wait a minute, this money has to be allocated from the House. If it's not allocated from the from the U.S. House of Representatives, guess what? It doesn't it doesn't happen. And this was a huge hit to the 18 states. I think it was the 18 states in the District of Columbia who um, filed this lawsuit to try to get Trump to continue paying these subsidy payments. Unfortunately, Minnesota was one of those 18 states, plus the District of Columbia. Minnesota was one of those states to be embarrassed by by this ruling. Lori Swanson, in her quest for higher office, is in her quest to get her name in the newspaper, in her quest to show how tough she is for the Democrat side of the aisle. It just, oh, and you know what? If, if the situation would have been reversed you can imagine the headlines that we would have seen in our local media but that that didn't happen and and the the bottom line is Lori's wasting our time our assets our effort our money everything just because she has higher political aspirations and it is absolutely ridiculous the numbers are coming out for Obamacare premium increases this year I think the average increase nationwide is 34 percent 34%. Remind me again how that's affordable. Oh, wait a minute. It isn't affordable. Um, We, again, when Twyla was on last week, um, or two weeks ago, whenever it was, we have to remember Obamacare still has to be repealed. Obamacare has to go. I talked to you about all the fine print that's in Obamacare. This is much more than just government forcing us to buy a financial product. This is much more than trying to provide health care for people because there are much better ways to do it. Every last word of Obamacare needs to be repealed, and that includes the 159 bureaucracies that were put in place, the 20,000 pages of regulations, the taxpayer-funded subsidies and wage redistributions, the expansion of Medicaid, all the taxes that go with it, the individual and the employer mandate. All that language has to be repealed. Do you realize if the individual employer mandates... Um, statutory language is not repealed. The next Democrat president can come in and implement it all, uh, all over again. And we will continue to see skyrocketing premiums. All the managed care controls, all the prohibitions, all the, uh, health plan requirements, um, all the, the fact that Stan and I have to have ma- maternity coverage and mental health coverage. Okay, skip the mental health coverage. Maybe we need that. I'm just kidding. Um, we don't need it. Um, but those should be optional. And I will remind people again, this is not the role of government to come in and tell you what or what, what kind of insurance that you should get. And the last court case that, honestly, I could, spe- could have spent the whole two hours talking about this one, too, um, a Apparently now it is a constitutional right for an illegal alien to kill her unborn baby. And this was just the craziest story. Uh, Illegal alien was detained by ICE. She was 17 years old. I never did figure out where her parents were, where her family was. Um, But anyway, a 17-year-old detained by... um, Detained by ICE, she wanted to have an abortion. Uh, The Trump administration said no. The ACLU and all the others uh, went uh, to court, and the court said, yep, she can have an abortion if she wants one. Uh, And again, it's more than about who decides. It's more than about who pays. Uh, 
Do you see what I mean? I could have spent a whole two hours talking talking about that court case alone. But guess what? I only have two hours, and I'm not on air tomorrow or next week. So we have to we have to get going on this other stuff. Um, we're going to take a, a break here in a second. When we come back, I want to tell you what's going on in New Brighton because it has really really gotten crazy in New Brighton. You hear all the stuff about Minneapolis. You hear all the stuff about how crazy it is in St. Paul. And don't get me wrong, it is so crazy in both of those cities. It's like, how far to the left can they move? Uh, but you've got all kinds of mayor's races going on. You've got city council races going on. You've got school board races going on. You've got uh, school levies and bond referendums going on. In New Brighton, we have 165 million dollar school levy. And I got news for you. It's not for the children. It's not. And it just makes me so mad. I already pay $1,200 a year to support the schools, Moundsview New Brighton School District. And, and yeah, I want good schools too. But now they're coming back at me for another $500 a year, $400 now, a year. What's the population of New Brighton? 22,000. Okay. My hometown is 1,300. Now we're combined with two towns about that size. So about four, maybe total. Ours is 40 million. Or 39 and some change. That is unbelievable, Stan. That is just unbelievable how out of control and how crazy that it has that it has gotten. These are big bucks. And remember, it used to be where no school levy referendum was ever turned down. And then people wised up and they realized that they were they were renewing old ones and and playing all these tricks and and uh, well, I'll talk about it more in more depth uh, after the bottom of the hour. But all this stuff, and then everybody started saying, no, 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 we're not going to do it. Well, it's been a while now, and now you're seeing all these school districts, whether it's Stan's school district, whether it's my school district, whether it's, I don't care, Prior Lake, why is that a why is that a school district referendum was so outrageously ex- expensive? Yeah, but I, they got the money in Wyzetta. I couldn't even, okay, I went to their webpage to try to figure out what the grand total was. There were so many little things here and there. I couldn't even figure out how high but the referendum was. But actually, I believe, is increasing. Unlike my home school district where I grew up, it's declining, and they still are charging an arm and a leg. And they keep coming back, and they say, yeah, you know what? It's not, um, it, we haven't had one for so long. But if you look at it, like in Moundsview, we have, um, they've been renewing over and over and over again a levy referendum from 1999. It is just shocking. Stay tuned, everyone. Lots more coming. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and com. I just got a nice text message from Roger Chamberlain. Senator Chamberlain is listening to us Uh-oh. from Moose Lake. Fantastic. I know. 
Probably on the iHeartRadio app. I bet he is, yeah. and I hope he listens last week when I gave him a nice plug for the piece he wrote about how to heal the racial divide. It was I posted it up on my Facebook page, too. It's nice to have uh, senators like Roger Chamberlain out there who will uh, give us something positive to look forward to and positive things to think about. Because I'm going to tell you what's going on in New Brighton, which is you talk about a smear campaign you talk about mudslinging you talk about how crazy it's all gotten it is just out of control um but it's nice to know that there's there's hope out there and i tell people i have lit dropped and door knocked over twenty thousand doors in new brighton i've been through the city twice um i'll probably be through it again before the election on november 7th um and and most people are good and kind and happy and civil and rational. And then you have this tiny percentage that is just nuts. And in the past uh, week or so now, I've put up a couple clips on my Facebook page. And I'm very thankful that a new organization out there, an Alliance for a Better New Brighton, has started exposing some of the shenanigans in New Brighton uh, for all to see. I have one of their latest clips put up there. And we talked about right this when this happened. On October 3rd, there was a work session um, in the in, for the New Brighton City Council. And our mayor went nuts. Our mayor went off on this on this tangent about white privilege and and she swore at another council member. She said, uh, well, a bad word. I'm not I'm not going to say what she said. She swore at another council member and then well, on camera. It was on camera and then off camera. She told her to go to hell. She left the work session in tears and then turned off the the camera. I mean, it was the most it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And the idea that people are out there and it's, in this case, it's it's the sitting mayor of New Brighton. I hope to God that she has embarrassed the city of New Brighton for the last time. Unfortunately, I know I know she hasn't. But racism is not a label that you can simply stamp on something and and when you when you talk about things that aren't real racism or call people racists when they aren't a racist not only is that slander uh but it demeans real racism there are there are are issues out there that absolutely needs to be addressed but uh let me tell you our and the the clip that that i have posted on there you can get the highlights of it or you can go to the new brighton's website and you can actually watch the whole entire work session it's like almost three hours long um i don't know why you want to watch the whole thing just go to about two hours and 18 minutes in and you can catch the highlights or rather low lights of of the of the whole entire thing um i also told you about the mayor of new brighton how some anonymous person stuffed in my door a copy of her of our current mayor of new brighton's um, property delinquent property taxes, which is is the weirdest thing in the world. I had another person call, and Stan actually talked to one too, and told me a horrible story uh, that wouldn't surprise me if that turned into another lawsuit for the city of New Brighton. 
you actually had an article that ran of all places in the Star Tribune talking about the the volatile New Brighton election, uh, which it, the whole the whole thing was pretty pretty interesting. What I find really uh, helpful for the folks from Alliance for a Better New Brighton is they are really going out now to educate people about the uh, school levy that we're seeing. And when they tell you it's for the children, it's not for the children. And the Monsey School District is asking for a $165 million bond referendum. And remember, these bonds, they're not for the children. They're to raise money for new construction or or buildings. So it's not about teachers. It's about classrooms. It's about kitchens and cafeterias and gyms and parking space. Stan just told you about his local referendum, $40 million. Uh, Columbia Heights has a $16 million one. Roseville has a $144 million levy. Uh, St. Francis, what are you looking at? $80 million. Northfield has $109 million. Winona has $82 million. Prior Lake, $109 million. I told you about Wyzetta. Wyzetta, I could, there were so, so many different little parts to there. I couldn't even figure out what the grand total it the grand total it was. Every one of these people talk. Uh, every one of these um, school board referendums talk about inadequate state funding, which is sheer nonsense. We have increased school funding in the state of Minnesota, not only with the formula that they use to fund schools, but with additional extra funding, not only from the state, but from the feds uh, with hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, over $2 billion just in Minnesota alone. Um, and, and yeah, Governor Dayton's quite proud of that. He loves to throw that number around. But you know what? This is one of those times where you have to go get the rest of the story. Uh, and you have to find out the rest of the details. So in Moundsview, they got together last spring and they put together a facilities task force, which compiled an enormous wish list. And the district claims out of respect for the residents, are you ready for this? Tax tolerance. It was reduced to $165 million, which is the largest request in school history. And if you combine the amount that they want to borrow, $165 million, and you combine that with the interest that will be paid over the next 20 years of $113.6 million, you get $278 million. Now, this is a school district that already has $113 million in outstanding debt. This is a school district that every year is spending $13 million dollars not on the students not on um not on teachers not on any of that kind of stuff but 13 million dollars for debt payments that's just unbelievable uh there's already one voter approved bond in place i told you my property taxes i'm paying twelve hundred dollars a year currently uh, if this referendum passes, I'll be paying almost $2,000 just for the school portion of my property taxes. Moundsview has one uh, bond currently in place. It, auth- it was passed in 1999. It uh, was authorized to borrow $80 million to improve uh, for construction improvements. Uh, and they, those bonds have be- been refunded over and over and over and over 
and over again. So are you getting the picture here? Over and over and over again. It is just so ridiculous. What did I get in the mail this week? I got in the mail this week my... Uh, the school district mails out the Mount Public Schools school talk. And it talks about how great our schools are, how the schools add value to the community, how people move here for the schools. They're right. They're right. But if we keep going on with um, a $165 million referendum, it's going to tax people out of their homes. It's going to tax people out of their homes. It's going to hurt businesses. It's going to hurt young families. It's going to hurt seniors on fixed incomes. It is, it is, it is so outrageously expensive that I, I'm just having a really, really difficult time. You know what? For school board, I don't even know, I don't even know if there's one member of the school board that I want to vote for. Because here's the thing, the, um, I think there's only one conservative uh, person that's running for the school school board, Omera. I don't even know him. I know the ones who are looking to be reelected to the school board. If you voted to 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 tax the snot out of us to have a levy for 165 million dollars that will go on forever, you will refinance it over and over and over and over again. I know you don't belong on the school board, so I am not voting for you. So, um, of course, most of us love, um, we, yes, we want to educate our kids. We want to do our part. We want to make sure the school district is good. But you know what? We cannot have them taxing us out of, out of our homes. We cannot have them putting this kind of a financial stress on so many of the people that, that live in New Brighton. It is just so unfair. And I hope everybody out there votes no on the Moundsville School District. Um, we're District 621, by the way. Um, and they want the $165 million um uh just say no vote no the alliance for a better new brighton has made up beautiful signs beautiful yard signs that bright red commie red uh that you can put up in your yard uh and contact me or go to their facebook page and you can order a sign there and put them up i wouldn't put them up till after halloween uh and and i just want you to think for yourself this a it's not for the kids B, it's going to increase your property taxes uh, a lot, especially when you look at the city, the county, uh, and the and the transit tax that we're all seeing come in come in there now. But this hundred and and sixty five million dollars plus interest boils down to one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars per kid. That just doesn't it. it no, it's too much. Go back to the table, tear your wish list in half, come back to us again in 2020. Oh, they'll be renewing the one in 2020. Come back to us again with a a reasonable one and we'll see if we can we'll see if we can can uh work work with you on that one too. I have a few more things that I want to tell you about uh, about New Brighton because I I mentioned that there are these hate and smear campaigns going on out there and how ugly it is and and I think this is really something that needs to be addressed and it's not just New Brighton that it happens in it just happens that I live in New Brighton and we have a bat poop crazy mayor uh, that we need to boot out of there and we have some really a very I, I love New Brighton I've lived there 27 28 years now 
Maybe longer than that. Uh, I love New Britain. I love the people that live there. And the people that live there aren't stupid. And the mayor has, I hope, embarrassed us for the last time. I hope we boot her sorry butt out of there. We um, There's a real nice lady named Sharon Doffing running. She was on the city council before. She's been working very hard. I actually, I'll predict it right now. By the time I'm back on air in two weeks, um, I'll predict Sharon Doffing's the next mayor of New, New Brighton, uh, which will be fabulous because she's smart she's rational uh and she won't embarrass the city but when we come back i want to tell you just a few more a uh, few more things about what's going on in new brighton because it's uh, it's crazy it's just absolutely crazy and if you want to call and tell me your horror story highlights lowlights uh whatever of what's going on in your community 651-989-5855 651-989-5855 lots more coming stay tuned sue jeffers twin cities news talk am 1130 twin everyone thank you so much for tuning in oh and we you know who else we heard from stan we heard from our friend representative cal Barr. he was just here too a little while i ago, know he? well he's a long way away now listening uh, listening to us on the iheart radio ha- app yeah you can listen anywhere in the world and the cool thing this week it's always free but this week they have you know there's different levels just like anything you can buy the cadillac plan whatever so the basic app is free where you can still make your own station. So, like, I like rock music, so I'll type in one of my, say, Guns N' Roses, for example. <laughs> and then I'll play all Guns N' Roses and like artists like that. Well, now they got this free preview weekend. This weekend. Yep, this weekend uh, through the 29th, so today and tomorrow yet. Uh, and you can basically, so let's say, pick a song. I don't know, but I just know I deleted Pandora off my phone. <laughs> you, you just pick a <laughs> <laughs> Say it's uh, Born on the Bayou by uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival. You type okay. in that song, pops up, boom, you play it instantly. Then you can save that to your playlist and say, oh, I really that's one of my favorites, so I'll put that and add that to my playlist. And then you just keep adding to your playlist, and pretty soon you got 500, 1,000, 2,000 songs, whatever you want, on this playlist of your favorite songs. I love it. Yep, I love it. Uh, Cal Barr also, um, thanks, Representative Barr. We miss you. I want to have you back on air soon, soon, soon. Um, He said, if your mayor is so adamant about white white privilege, why doesn't she resign and campaign for a candidate of color? Great question. Oh, we don't have any candidates of color. Um, Yeah, we don't. Uh, They're all white. Yeah, but apparently she has no problem calling us a uh, racist. She has no problem talking about uh, white privileges. I, I told you, go to the Alliance for a Better New Brighton. You can watch the clip of of our mayor. I think a lot of people don't realize how negative she is. I don't think she real. They realize how, how destructive she is. I don't think they realize um, how how unprofessional she is, and that she's embarrassed the city of uh, the the city of New Brighton over and over and over and over again. I don't think people realize that uh, that her inflammatory accu- accusations are are wrong, and in some cases, they're absolutely outright lies that they're just personal attacks and smears and and really i truly think it is a personal vendetta against uh one other candidate 
that's running in there that's that's running for re-election uh we had a caller off air who talked about um asking if the mayor was the same mayor who ran out midwest asphalt and no 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 that was an entirely different cluster that happened in the city of new brighton uh, thankfully, that mayor is gone, too. But w- one of the things when I talked about Sharon Doffing before, she's running for mayor of New Brighton now. She was one of, one of the ones who led the charge to stop the use of eminent domain. Uh, and eminent, the city of New Brighton went crazy on eminent domain and ran a whole bunch of businesses out of the out of the city so that they could sink, uh, what, $100 million into the Northwest Quadrant, which is now called... I don't know. It's had several different names, I think. Uh, to me, it's always the Northwest Quadrant. But it's it's um, that's a whole different issue. Sharon worked really hard on the... In, you know, I've told you people before, eminent domain was was what got me involved in politics, property rights. Uh, and, and it was right in my home city of New Brighton, and I was just outraged by it. That's where I met Lee McGrath from the Institute for Justice. We helped work to pass an eminent domain uh, law for the state of minnesota after the supreme court bungled u.s supreme court bungled the uh the case on eminent domain saying that they in essence ruled that government could take property away for uh for development and it's 100 percent wrong and in response to that ruling uh 49 states came came out with their own individual um state laws that changed the way eminent domain was handled in the state of Minnesota, or in the state of Minnesota, which was great. Although Lee McGrath and I fought a couple times over uh, the definition of blight and how long it took him to to implement all the parts of this eminent domain law, it's crazy. I talk about this personal vendetta that the mayor has. Um, the Interesting part about that is this week in one of my local newspapers, The Focus, there were, I want to say, seven articles of support written for probably the three worst candidates possible. So open up your Sun, Minnesota Sun Focus, and if there's a letter to the editor saying vote for these people, don't vote for them. Uh, one of them's written by... Uh, uh, council member Brian Strube, who thank God is not running again. I think he knows he would never win again. He seems to have a personal vendetta against one of the council members, too. Uh, between Brian Strube and the mayor, I'm not sure who lied more about the lawsuit where um, Gina Baum and Sue Erickson, two of my heroes, had to take the city to court. They had to take the city to court because the city broke the law. A week after the the election, they changed the law. They changed the law to have even year elections. It wasn't about saving money. It wasn't about even year elections. It was about shortening the terms of the council members and lengthening the term of the mayor. And I am so proud of Gina Bauman and Sue Erickson for taking them all the way to court. They won a 17 point ruling and thousands of dollars, uh, tens of thousands of dollars that that people of New Brighton donated to them to help pay for this lawsuit because the city broke the law. 
The city broke the law, and the judge had a 17-point ruling. And then the mayor and the stupid city council couldn't leave well enough alone and say, yeah, they're right. They took it to the Minnesota Supreme Court, who, guess what? They said, yeah, the city was wrong. Uh, and so you're talking thousands and thousands of dollars. It was it was absolutely crazy. And you have uh, Brian Strube has been unmerciful, unmerciful on social media, attacking anyone who doesn't agree with him. And he had he he puts up all these posts that are super anti Gina Bauman. I think you have to read them. And in fact, I think I'll put up a post uh, to answer some of these some of these questions, whether it's about the the ruling on the on the when they broke the law, changing the difference to the elections, or maybe it's the lie that he tells about why the the school tried to the di- school district asked the city to support their hundred and sixty five million dollar voter referendum. And Gina said, "No, I trust the taxpayers to be smart enough to make their own decisions." And oh, by the way, what about the other school district in New Brighton? Aren't we going to vote on that? one too and these guys just lie 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 watch my facebook people keep sending me text messages good luck in new brighton good luck in new brighton don't worry i'm gonna keep working hard between now and the election and uh hopefully the good guys will come out on top uh we're gonna talk a little bit of um white privilege in the next hour and we're also gonna talk about these crazy stories that i said i picked out you just won't believe sue jeffers twin cities news talk am 1130 twin cities news talk.com